0: Welcome to the Laura Mayer podcast, a podcast all about learning to walk in the mental, emotional, and relational freedom that Jesus provided for you. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Uh, Today will be part three, I think is our final part of a series on the conditions of your heart. Three weeks ago, I talked about a wounded heart. And then uh, last week, we talked about the offended heart. And today, I'm excited to talk about a surrendered heart. You guys, this is the space you want to see yourself in. This is the goal. This is what we strive to be daily. And you know what? You get to choose daily the condition of your heart. You get to choose daily um, the place from which you You approach your day, you approach your life, you approach whatever is coming at you. It's a choice. It's a choice whether you want to approach the day offended or wounded or surrendered. And gosh, the freest place you will ever be is a place where you're fully surrendered. But before we get into that, I wanted to make a really quick announcement. I will not be doing a podcast episode uh, for the next two Mondays, and the reason why I'm going to be traveling back to back um, this weekend. I will be in Buffalo, West Virginia, at Faith Christian Fellowship Church with Pastor Paul Bogus and Andy Boggess at their Thirst No More Women's Conference, and I'll be ministering there as well on Sunday morning. And I'm so excited to get to be back there. Uh, this I went last year, and uh, You guys, it was just such an incredible time in the presence of God, and I'm just excited about what the Lord would have me to share this year. So that means I'll be getting home late Sunday night, and I still am um, a mom of three littles. Well, they're not as little as they used to be. 13, 11, and 8, but it is a lot on them when I travel. Uh, ministry is something we've chosen to do as a family, and so there's sacrifices on all sides. And one of the sacrifices they make is sharing their mommy when I have to travel or being really, really quiet like they're being right now so that I can record a 30-minute podcast episode. And um, so I just appreciate their sacrifice. And so after coming home off of a, a weekend of traveling, I just really try to focus on just being mom. I don't answer my emails, I don't answer my text messages very well that day. I'm just mom because that is my first and highest calling. Our families. No matter what the Lord's called you to do, your family is your first calling. Um, and then the following weekend, I'm excited. This is my first time out at Berthed Family Church out in Berthed, Colorado um, with Pastor Bruce Conover and Mary Ann Conover. So I'll be there all weekend for their women's conference as well as ministering Sunday morning in their church. And so again, I'll be getting home late Sunday night and need to be mom uh, the next day. So um, because I'm going to be ministering nine sessions over the next two weeks. Um, I'm not going to do two podcast episodes. So um, this is a great time, though, for you to make sure that you're following my social media. You can go um, on Facebook just under Laura Mayer. You'll see me there. Um, and then also on Instagram, uh, my Instagram handle is Laura R. Mayer. Um, go find me there because, um, as I'm ministering at these churches, oftentimes if they have a podcast link or something where they've recorded, I'll share that on my social media site. So, Hey, you can still, you can still keep up with what I'm doing and where I'm going and, um, all the cool stuff. So what is a surrendered heart part three in our heart series? I didn't even know this was going to be a series and it's turned out to be, to be one. And that's pretty cool. Um, let's go back to the parable in Matthew 13. So, um, I talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, but how, you know, the parable where Jesus was talking about the three types of soil that the seed of the word of God fell on. And so we know that the seed of God's word um, is infallible. There's nothing wrong with the Word. Um, the Word is amazing and awesome, and inside of the seed of the Word is everything needed for it to grow up, produce roots, and produce fruits. But um, if you've ever gardened in your life, you know that the type of soil that the, you can have a perfect seed, but if the soil does not have you know, the necessary nutrients in it, or it's not tilled, if it's hard, if it's full of weeds, all those things... Um, The seed's not going to produce what it's meant to produce. And so God's done his side. He's, you know, provided the word. But the soil of our heart is our responsibility. Only you can tend your soil. Only you can protect and guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. That's only you that can do that. And so sometimes, you know, we tend to point fingers at other things and other people. And, you know, we kind of blame them for things going on in our lives when really, you know, we are the only ones that can be the gardener of our heart. So when we go back to the three types of soil in Matthew 13, um, the surrendered heart is what I like to call that soil that was good ground, that when the seed fell on it it produced fruit because the soil and the seed were working together as a team because that surrendered heart um is so so tender towards the lord so tender ter- towards the word that seed could go down deep it could take root and it could bear fruit this soil had been surrendered to the tilling of the master the master being our heavenly father there weren't weeds in this soil like we talked about in week one, cares of the world, worries, hurts, wounds, things that are going to zap your energy, things that are going to zap the nutrition in the soil. Um, And and they're going to grow up and they're going to choke out the good seed. So this, the soil didn't have that. And the soil also wasn't hard where it was offended And the seed couldn't get down into the soil well to to spread out roots because the ground was so rock hard. And if you've ever seen, um, if you've ever been in an area where there's drought and then, you know, a a heavy, heavy rain comes, raindrops almost look as though they are bouncing off of the ground. Um, Very much like if they would bounce off of a parking lot, the concrete or the asphalt on a parking lot where the rain could be coming, but the soil is just so hard It won't take it in. People's hearts can be like that. But the soil we're talking about today is soft and tender. So as the rain falls, it just absorbs it like a sponge and just takes up everything that the heavens are raining down. The soil is soft and it's usable. It's undistracted and without its own agenda. Maybe you've had a garden before. Um, maybe you've had like a large vegetable garden or maybe just a small flower bed in your yard. But you probably know that before planting, you have to till the soil and soften the ground so that the roots can go down deep and wide. Now I think it's obvious, but I'm making the correlation between um between your heart. So as I'm as I'm referencing what you're doing to your garden, just know this is this is symbolic of what's going on in your heart, that it's your job to keep your heart tender towards the Lord. And you do that by placing him first place in your life. You may walk in your garden in the morning and you look for little small weeds that have tried to spring up. And so you go ahead and pull them up immediately. Um, You don't let weeds take root. It's not that weeds don't try to come, Um, especially, you know, um, a lot of times you know, weeds also start with seeds and seeds can be spread in so many different ways. Um, you know, birds flying overhead drop seeds that, that might take up root and, and try to produce, you know, fruit of, of the weed in your garden. So you have to be the tender of your garden, one who tends the garden. Keep in watch over heart responses. That when somebody says something or does something, just it doesn't have to be like an announced thing just you know strive to be aware of your heart response to things is jealousy something that rises up in that moment only you know that and the, and your heavenly father knows that but if you sense some jealousy rising up in an area hey it's a weed just pull it just remind yourself of truth that you don't have to be jealous because the same Heavenly Father that loves that person loves you. You know, jealousy is rooted in fear of lack, fear that you're not going to have what somebody else has and that you have to have that in order to be happy. But when you are so rooted and grounded in how much God loves you, that's where your roots are, and that's the fruit you're going to produce. Um, jealousy will not be your response, but it'll be joy and happiness for this for that person because you know you serve the same God and God is no respecter of persons and you're each on your own journey and God is good to you too and you know all of those things so jealousy doesn't have, have root um, I know when jealousy tries to bubble up in my heart you know in this day of social media you guys when everybody else's lives are just on display in front of you at all times and you only get to see their highlight reel um, we all put the good things you know that are going on in our lives I have trained myself that if I see something that makes me feel a little jealous, and it doesn't mean I don't like the person. I could just completely love this person. But, you know, the enemy would try to prick some jealousy in my heart, like, oh, because really it's fear that maybe I'm not enough, I'm not doing enough, or I'm not, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. I have on purpose, intentionally trained myself to out loud, out of my mouth say, I'm so happy for her. And it's amazing how that it pulls that root. Don't let jealousy root in, because then I get in agreement with with what my 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 mouth is saying. You know, my mouth says I am so happy for her, and then I choose to believe that. And you know what? That's really is because I've trained myself to do that, and because, um, I, you know, have um endeavored to try to see people the way Jesus sees them. Um, I don't do it perfect all the time, you guys, but it is something that's, that's, I've made it important to me because I've seen how it can be so destructive when you let it go unchecked. So just jealousy is a good example. (coughs) Excuse me. So jealousy is just, you know, a good example, but, um, that can be, you know, just pay attention to your heart response in any area. And that's what it means to, to pluck the weeds, pay attention to your little tiny heart responses when you are doing life and keep those submitted and surrendered to God. And if it's contrary to how the Lord would have you respond, repent for it or or just, you know, get truth out of your mouth about that area. You know, if it's fear, if fear is a heart response in an area, you know, get the truth of the word of God out that you don't have to be afraid because his perfect love cast out fear. And you know that you're in covenant with the most high God. And if God before you, who cares who's against you? You know, get those truths out that's plucking those weeds. So on contrary, so here's here's a surrendered heart, a heart that's that understands that the soil is for a greater purpose, not just for their own good. Um, a surrendered heart is one that doesn't own itself anymore. That's a phrase that I've been using a lot lately is reminding myself that I don't own me anymore. That when I gave God all of me, he gave him himself um, all of himself to me. So I gave all of me to him. He gave all of himself to me. And with that exchange, that deal that we made where I said, Jesus, not just be my savior, but be my Lord. I sell the rights to have my own opinions, to have my own preferences, to have all those things. I give them to you. And first I check them under your will and not saying that God doesn't, you know, the Bible also talks about giving us the desires of our hearts. So I'm not saying, you know, to live a life of misery at all, but you're living surrendered so that when there's weeds that pop up, because weeds are not going to be for your good anyway, that you don't hold on to your right to keep your weeds. Don't hold on to your right to keep the offenses. Because just like with a garden, those things really, you know, sometimes when you're trying to pull a weed out, depending on how long it's been there, it's kind of, it's kind of hard because it's, it's rooted down in there. It's like that weed is saying, I have a right to be here. You know, "I, I, I, earned this spot and you're like, uh uh, because you will actually bring destruction to my garden you will bring destruction to the other plants around. You will suck their nutrients and take their attention that they need to, you know, to grow. And so living a life surrendered is is just that, tending your, your garden and keep it under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So on the contrary of living that surrendered life um, is when you've got a garden that— um, is not submitted to the hand of the master gardener. You're trying to manage everything on your own. And you've allowed weeds to fill your your garden space, your beds, so much so that very little fruit can grow. And it's not because the seed's not being planted. You know, you may be in church every Sunday. You may be reading your Bible every single day. But if you're not doing the heart checks and letting him pluck those weeds then the the seeds cannot produce fruit. So let me take a quick pause here um, because depending on who you are and kind of how you think, this is not meant to bring condemnation at all. So let me just do a quick reminder of something we've talked about here before. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Never, nil, zitch, nada. No condemnation. Condemnation is never a tool that your master gardener uses to till the soil of your heart. It's it's just not. Condemnation comes from the devil. Conviction on the other hand comes from the Holy Spirit. So those are two different words, not the same thing at all, but a lot of times we confuse them. And we think that when our heart is being condemned about something that that's God talking to us. I want you to pay attention to though the fruit because God produces good fruit. And so if it is conviction from the Holy Spirit, it points out the area that needs to, to be worked on. You know, it's pulling the weed, but it's doing it for your good and it's doing it in a way that calls you to who you're called to be. It points to your future. It calls to your new identity in Christ Jesus. It's saying, come on, daughters or son, come on up to a higher place. You know, it's convicting you of the thing that's, that's poisoning you and causing you, you know, to lay that on the altar and then come on up to a higher place. Condemnation beats you down. It makes you feel so defeated. It makes you feel like you never will be, never can be, never are all of those things. It points to who you used to be. It keeps reminding you of your old nature. Jesus will remind you of your new nature. So don't hear this and think and, and let yourself get in condemnation about it. Re- reject that reject that that's a weed. Reject that condemnation um, and just use it to be aware of, of how this all works. And so um, if you've allowed weeds, so hurts, disappointments, feelings of inadequacy, um, memories that you dwell on over and over and over and over of everything that went wrong and that people should have, you know, done for you or not done for you or all the things. Those are things that if your focus is on them, it's going to choke out the fruit in your life. And if your ground is so hard, the rain of his spirit often has a hard time even penetrating that soil to water and go down deep, to, to water your roots. You might find yourself, an example of, of this hard soil is even if you're sitting in church every single Sunday and you hear a message that would, would try to bring you up to a higher place, instead your response is to scoff. If you find yourself being very critical or or pessimistic or scoffing you know even while you're sitting in the pew and you may also assume that the very people that are actually in reality trying to help you you might have the underlying assumption all the time that they're trying to hurt you this constant distrust of everyone around you when maybe they've not given you anything to cause you to to have any proof that they would be against you. Now, you know, the Lord gives us wisdom so we can know people by their fruit. But I'm talking about people whose hearts truly are there to pour life into you. But because of the hardness of your heart, you're not letting that rain come down deep. These kind of gardens need a complete overhaul. If you've ever let a garden grow up with weeds, you know you've just neglected it. I know I'm the world's worst about this. Um, I do not have a green thumb at all. And so I'll get my flower beds all pretty. And then I'll neglect them for like a year. And then I wonder, why don't they just stay looking nice? Well, because I've neglected them. So then I have a huge problem on my hands. Then they're so full of weeds. It's exhausting trying to get out there and pull every single weed. But you got to do it. You got to get them up. And so our hearts can feel that way. And if, you know, if this is a new concept to you, If freedom in Christ is a new concept and you've just recently became aware of your need to just fully surrender your life to him. Not just, you know declaring him as your lord and saying that salvation prayer when you were a child or you know or even even more recent than that but truly living day to day surrendered. This is a day to day thing that I'm talking about here. This is not a salvation versus not salvation conversation. This is those of you who have made that decision to follow Christ, but daily you have to take up your cross and follow him. Daily you have to do what Jesus did and surrender to the will of the father. Daily And there's things that are hard on your flesh, but oh, what a good plan he has for you. And anything that's hard on your flesh, it's because he's trying to get the weeds out. Now, we'll take a moment to say here to keep in mind, based on, you know, different religious upbringing, you may have um, been raised with a wrong view of God. You may have been raised that maybe God himself plants some weeds in your life and then painfully rips them back out to try to help teach you a lesson or you know um build resistance in your life and how this often comes across is you know maybe the teaching that God allows bad things to help teach you t- teach you something or or bring sickness in your life. God does not contradict himself. God is not schizophrenic. God is not confused. He is good, he is holy, he is wonderful. And God will never send something on you that he also sent Jesus to take off of you. Why would that even make sense? Why would a gardener go out and sow weeds into his garden? Why would he do that? He doesn't have to. There's enough seed of weeds out there without him having. Why would he do that? You know, so just because there's weeds in your garden doesn't mean God planted them there. Life plants them there. Just just live in life in this fallen world. Sin and sickness and disease and all those things will come your way. You've got to know that you can run to the gardener, and he's the one that helps you get out of the messes, not the one that puts you in the messes. So doing this complete overhaul of your heart when you're submitted to him. Know that you're submitted to the good gardener, one who has nothing but good in mind for you. But if this is new to you to live this life of surrendered, it may feel like all you do is pluck weeds. I know that when um, several years ago, when the Lord started talking to my heart about um, not being fully surrendered to him and that it was time to not just give him 99% of me, but to give him 100% when I said yes to that I remember um, it was one day in church that the Lord was talking to me about that and I got up the next Monday morning and just said okay Lord I belong to you fully and wholly what are we going to do today what does it even look like to be fully surrendered like how did I really walk that out and I felt like He just prompted my heart just to to listen to him and and he'd lead me he would lead me that day I would focus a day at a time and to follow and just obey the little promptings all day long and then get up the next day and do it again Get up the next day and do it again, letting him be in the driver's seat of my life. And so I started on that journey doing that. And of course, God started talking to me about junk from my past that I thought I had already dealt with. But in fact, I had only stuffed it down deeper. And so there were several years of my life there that I felt like that's what we did all the time, the two of us, Holy Spirit and me, was talk about the next issue He's so good. He's so kind and gentle. Oftentimes, he would just, we would focus on one thing at a time, and I'm so grateful for that. Kind of like going in for major surgery. A surgeon will work on one area at a time and might even give you a break between surgeries so that your body has time to recoup between. But there was so much infection in my heart, so much bitterness and unforgiveness, so much self-hatred, um, so much junk that God himself had to pull out But I'm so grateful that I surrendered to that because he was doing it for my good. He was saying, let's deal with this thing. And God may be talking to you about that. He may be saying, let's finally deal with this thing. Just know you don't have to do it in your own strength. Just know he's not put the burden on you to figure it all out and how to get free. No, you're being led by the good shepherd. All you have to do is put one foot in front of the other. He will lead you out. Just live a life surrendered to him where daily, if he wants to talk to your heart about something, listen. If he says reach out and tell somebody that you forgive them for that debt that they owed you, do it. If he tells you to not even mention something that somebody did that hurt you and you want to go and bless them out about it, and he says stay silent, then do it. If he says, open up your heart and trust this person, they, they mean good for you. Don't run away from this relationship like you've ran away from all the others because you're afraid of getting hurt, so you reject them before they have time to reject, to reject you. Do it and stay. Every one of those things is an act of surrender. It's you surrendering your will to his. That is your pathway to freedom. No matter where you are in life, the way out is always surrender. And you may feel so broken that you have so many wounded areas of your heart or places of offense, areas that the water hasn't been able to get down to. Just rest easy and know that you're in good hands. The fastest way to a clean garden free of weeds is surrender. Surrendered soil and a surrendered heart. And, you know, once you get your flower bed, you get, you get all the, the backlog of weeds out. You don't just stop. You don't do what I often do in the natural where I just, I get a flower bed looking so pretty and then I neglect it for a year. You don't do that. Instead, you know, once you've done the major work and they look nice, then daily time in the presence of God keeps the weeds out of your heart. Daily time in worship, daily time in the word, daily time, you know, just where he's pouring into you. He'll point out the weeds that need to be plucked. And oftentimes there are little things that maybe others might not even see as a big deal. But the master gardener has let you know that that needs to come out, that it'll grow and it'll be bigger and it'll wind up being for your harm. And because you've learned to trust him, you say, get it out. I don't want it. A surrendered heart is a heart that says, Jesus, I trust you. A heart surrendered is one that refuses to hold on to a hurt or take the bait of offense that would turn their heart to concrete and poison their crop. They know that keeping their heart surrendered is priority because bearing much fruit for the kingdom of God is more important than hanging on to things that are actually hurting them. A surrendered heart spends daily time with Jesus, the gardener, Daily time in his word, daily time being watered by his presence in worship. This intimate time with the gardener is a safe place to pluck weeds before they take root. This garden goes from just producing fruit for one on self to then being able to produce good fruit for your family. And then having more than enough to share with the world around you. So many times we have big dreams for our lives and we want to hurry up and get to the call, get to, you know, whatever it is that God has for us. But the first stop is always pull the weeds, get rid of the poison, water it well, till that the soil of your heart so that you can bear good fruit. God is not going to shoot you off into your call with a garden full of weeds. Because it's not sustainable. He wants a good for you. And that is not sustainable. You won't have the roots necessary that go down deep enough to be able to withstand the storm that comes by climbing to a higher elevation. You won't be able to survive up there. Because your roots are not down deep enough. And because he wants good for you, he's saying, let's get your roots deeper. Let's get the soil of your heart soften. Let go of the offense and let me pull the weeds. I believe that a beautiful garden is God's plan for you. And that if you will choose to live a life daily surrendered, you're not going to even recognize your life this time next year. If you've held on to hurts and held on to offense like we've talked about in the last two episodes, I encourage you today To surrender. And like I said just a few minutes ago, no matter where you are in life, the pathway out is always surrender. I'll leave you with this. Sometimes in our lives, especially if we've just gone through a major battle or a major traumatic event or a major anything, is kind of this feeling of like we don't know our way out. Almost like being in a dark room with lots of hallways and doors, and we can't see our way out. We're only trying to feel around, and we think we have we found the door out, and it goes to another dead end. And so panic starts coming up in our heart, and instead, what we want to do is either coil in and ball up in a corner and just cry and saying, "I'm just going to sit here because I don't know how to get out," or We react with rage. We start sledgehammering down walls and doors and, you know, destruction all around us. When instead, instead of doing one of those two things, which is also an example of a porcupine with the quills poking inward or the quills poking outward, example of a wounded heart or an offended heart, instead of doing any of those things when you don't know the way out, reach up and grab the master's hand and submit your will to him and say, Lord, you know how to lead me out. So I encourage you day by day, surrender your will to him. Live a life fully surrendered. He will walk you out of any mess that you're in. Thank you for joining me again this week for the Laura Mayer podcast. I'll see you again here in a couple of weeks where we will continue learning that being his means being free.